hesitating When you're just so tired of trying All alone you feel like hiding Together we'll keep fighting There's no stopping Saturday evening, 7 p.m., um, April 9th, and uh, the weather has been weird the last two days. It's sunny, then the dark skies come, it's raining, and then it's sunny again, then dark skies came, come. That was like yesterday. And today, we, we had some, we were out for a while, nice uh, sunny day, a little chilly, but now it's dark again, so... But the week coming up, it's going to be in the 70s as we approach Holy Week and then Easter. And uh, hopefully we'll stay uh, warmer. Okay. So um, we have a good thing to talk about because a lot of times uh, when I speak to new home buyers, they really are not uh, understanding the cost involved. And that's part of, of like a, uh, uh, a new home buyer's uh, consultation. What are your costs that you have at the very beginning, okay? In this process of uh, finding a home and then writing a contract and uh, following through with the bank on what has to be done. So we're going to go over those costs so it will better prepare you. For that and this is very helpful especially for new home buyers it's still a crazy market out there 
Um, I have a lot of people looking, but they're kind of putting on the back burner. Uh, maybe now with spring here and uh, well, now we'll have the, the holiday. I mean, people are traveling, uh, visiting family. They weren't able to really do that for the last two years. But uh, hopefully when the Easter week is over, I'll, I'll pick up more. Um, again, buyers are very hesitant because of the great competition. And those who have already tried, they're getting a little discouraged because of that competition. Because um, so many people applying for, you know, just one house. So there's multiple offers. Now, I hear some people say 20, 30. I don't know if it's that high. The one that I had, we got seven offers on it. And it could have been even more if I, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to work with the offers I had. And that was plenty. And, and there were people who asked for above our asking price. And I knew uh, what the house was worth. And my sellers just wanted to sell it. They wanted to get it off their hands. I didn't want to get into a situation where um, uh, we have to go with the, with the appraiser and show them more comps and work things out. They just wanted to have really a smooth sale. So I really, what I believe, and most of the times, knock on wood, I, I've been right on this. I priced it what the real true value it is. And that's how listings should be priced. Priced by what you really think it is. And then with today's market, you'll get some higher offers. And then you take a chance that the appraiser or the appraisal will come in earlier. All right. So let's do a little preview of what we're going to do today. And then we'll go right into the subject matter. Okay, I'm just checking that. Yeah, it's sitting up on my blog. Uh, <laughs> this uh, podcast goes out to about, no, actually, I think six uh, locations. And I just want to make sure it's hitting everywhere where it should be. Okay, so let's get our graphic up here or our PDF file. And I'll take away my little caption. Okay, what you need to budget for when buying a home, all right? And this is after um, the discussion about getting pre-qualified. Uh, that's really your very, 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 very first step is getting that pre-qualification. 
so you know if you could buy now um and if you're able to which you know most times you are uh, uh you will know your price range all right um it's best to do it early in case you might have some stumbling blocks uh to cross over on your credit reports and you may need uh, a month you may need three months to clean up some items so don't wait till you see your dream house that you love and you uh you know go see it and then you get pre-qualified and you realize then you need about three uh months to get back on line uh, or uh, up to par to purchase this house and especially and you the other example is that uh your credit is fine but the house is really out of your price range so that's very important to do that first but after that then you really have to start talking about budgeting okay and we have a nice couple walking into the house with their real estate agent they have that nice little pad okay um and what are some of the things that we have to consider uh uh when we're purchasing home and the first thing is down payment because once you um find that home at closing and let's just use the typical 30 days so uh let's say you have a ratified contract on may 1st and on may 30th you're closing on that closing date the i mean it's not we say cash in a sense it's cash but it's going to be uh, money that's wired or it's going to be a certified check or a bank check which is really as good as cash and that will go directly to the bank um to uh show uh you know that that will go towards your um uh your uh i'm 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 comp i'm just thinking about the, uh, explaining for the earnest money deposit too but it's it's part of uh of, of your financing okay now in most people see it as 20 percent of the home purchase price as the down payment but there are programs out there where we need only to put down 3.5 percent which is usually or always with fha and there are fannie mae programs that are three percent down okay so this saves you some money with uh with your down payment okay there's a big difference between 20 percent and 3.5 percent okay and in virginia and i can't talk about you know mr real estate with mr g goes you know all throughout the united states of america and, and then to europe i only could talk about virginia what i know here okay so the millions of fans that are watching across the united states you have to find out with your loan officers uh what what programs they have there and here we have the vhda program it's actually i believe it's changed its name a little bit um but basically um it's not that they're giving you money for your down payment of 3.5 percent they're allowing you to uh finance that amount so you're financing the 3.5 so you're not really bringing a down payment it's going to be financed but um 
there's some uh, stipulations on it. Uh, uh, you may have to be in a certain price range. Well, first of all, you have to be a first-time home buyer. Okay. Um, and then you actually go into a training. It's usually a webinar class you take online about the importance of uh, paying back a loan, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, that's very important. Uh, and then um, you you could finance your down payment. If your credit is really, really good, it's very possible that you could get your closing costs uh, financed as well. Um, and they will go up to, uh, I've heard, uh, like 103%. All right, so you have your closing costs. And we're going to talk about closing costs in a minute. Okay, so they're actually financing it, so you don't have to bring cash to the table. Are there grant programs out there? Yes, there are. Um, the way the market is going right now, I've been having a difficult time finding them with my loan officers. They're not talking that much about them. Uh, I don't want to say they're not out there in case you are working with a loan officer that has some grant programs. One thing uh, stays in place for a long time, and there's a USDA loan. Uh, it's usually when you're purchasing in the area that's very rural, very country, and they want to get more people out there so that eventually, you know, it will draw in businesses, will go out, uh, you know, shopping centers, uh, uh, different venues, whether it's entertainment, could be hospitals, uh, we'll start building out there. And they really want to build up this area and they will give you a grant. But again, it has to be uh, in a rural area, you know, where you see a lot of country, you see a lot of trees, okay, you're not, you don't see a lot of houses. So, and your loan officer will know um, what areas you could use the USDA, uh, that down payment program. I wanted to go back to the first time home buyers just to say a couple more things. Again, you know, if you're making really, really good money, you know, if you're making $100,000 a year in your first house, most likely you're not going to be uh, eligible for this because it's going to be for people who are really starting out, they have limited funds. And uh, they will have a hard time coming up with that down payment. So uh, there are income limitations on it. But the income limitations go along as well with the amount of people living in your house. So if you were just buying a house by yourself, for example, they might say a single occupant, you know, you can't make more than 37000 But if you have a wife, you know, or or or, or you have a spouse, let's put it that way. You have someone living with you um, that goes up maybe to, let's say, 45000 And then if you have children, it goes up higher, okay? So it, it adjusts for the amount of people living in a house. And then the other question is, uh, could I own a house and be considered a first-time home buyer again? Well, if you sold your house that you previously had, and it's been three years, uh, most likely you could apply for the first-time homebuyers program, okay? Now, I want you to double-check with your loan officers, okay? Because, you know, these items change, the parameters change. 
but I would want you to really to confirm everything with your mortgage loan officer. So what's the next big thing? Your earnest money deposit. Now that's actually given once the contract is ratified, right? When we both the buyer and the seller are making a mutual agreement, right? They're, they're together on the contract, okay? And, you know, just like shaking hands. They've agreed on all terms. Then that earnest money deposit is then deposited. Um, now, it could be with the, your closing company. It could with the, be with the, the listing agent's brokerage house. It could would be your brokerage house. I think it's always good to keep it with the, your closing company. Um, and they will hold it. Okay. So, <clears throat> and what does this earnest money deposit mean? Well, it means that you are earnest, that you are genuine, that you are going to purchase this house. All right. And once you have that ratified contract, because of that earnest money deposit, the seller will say, okay, I'm going to take it off the, off the market. I'm not going to show it anymore. Or if I show it, it'll just be backup of office. We have to deal with yours first. Um, then uh, it shows to that seller that you, you, you're truly honest about it. Now, in this very highly competitive market, okay. Oh, I got to go back to here so you can see my uh, cursor and my mouse going around it, okay. You really should do more than 500, usually in our area we give a 500 earnest money deposit. But since it's very, very competitive, you should give at least a thousand. And if you could give more, if you could give 1% of the purchase price of the house. All right, so if the house is for 250,000, if you could put down 2,500, that's even better. Now you're telling the seller, I'm really, really earnest. I'm giving the chance that I might lose $2,500. Now, in most situations, you won't. I mean, if you're truly earnest about the house, all right, and, um, you know, uh, you, you have the home inspection, you're pleased with the home inspection, it's good. The appraisal came out uh, and then met the purchase price. Uh, the only way you may not get it, for some reason, all of a sudden the bank says, oh, wait a minute, there's a problem with your, with your credit. And it could be you did something. You know, all of a sudden you decided to, to buy a car. You bought a big screen TV that was a thousand, and then knocked you out of the ballpark for that house. Now, depending on how that's viewed, I mean, you're you know the bank probably will just say you're no longer eligible. You send it to the listing agent, and it says I you know the bank is not going to give me the loan. And in most situations, I don't want to put this in stone, you will get your earnest money deposit back. Now, you can get your earnest money deposit back if you do a home inspection contingency and the home inspector goes in there and you find out a lot of problems with it and you decide, I no longer want to continue. You could pull out and get your earnest money back. You have to make sure you do it within a certain time limit, but that's another way you can get your money back, okay? But you can't just walk away from the deal, all right? The seller then, you know, if you if you just say, 
hey, you know, it's like 25 days after ratification, you just say, hey, I don't want the house anymore. Then there's a good chance the seller is going to request to keep that money. Now, that money to be released, you know, you know it, it's a mutual agreement as well. Uh, you both have to sign a, a release and agree what the money is going to go to. Now, the seller may ask to keep it. You may ask, no, I, I want it back. And then it may go to the uh, Virginia Real Estate Board to get it settled. It might go to the realtor. Thank God. Knocking on wood, I never had that problem. Um, but if you're just pulling out with any reason in the sense that you can't get the loan or you find out the house is condemned or whatever, uh, you most likely will not get your earnest money deposit back. And that's why by giving a bigger one shows how sincere that you really, really, really want the house. All right, so I'm going to this paragraph here. The deposit made from uh, the deposit made from the buyer to the seller when submitting an offer. The deposit is typically held in trust by a third party, like your closing company, the the buyer's closing company, and is intended to show the seller you are serious about purchasing your their home. Upon closing, the money will generally be applied to your down payment or closing costs. So you're not losing it. Okay, it's not like an extra fee. It's going to your benefit. And again, in this paragraph here, um, and it's really reaching out to all 50 states. You know, what are the limitations in your state as it comes to earnest money deposit? Uh, uh, deposit. Um, and again, when I came down here, I'm coming from Brooklyn, New York, where homes are like five times more expensive than uh down here in virginia though i mean it's getting pretty high here too but i was surprised to find out that most people just gave 500 dollars. i thought it would have been a lot more uh, and i really up to like one to two percent so if you're purchasing a three hundred thousand dollar house you have to put down three percent at one percent right three thousand dollars at one percent but down here up to this point uh, of, of this point of, of this crazy market, this insane market, it's it's usually been just five hundred dollars. Then we have something called closing costs. Okay, and what are these closing costs? And going to this paragraph here, the upfront fees charged in connection with a mortgage loan transaction, generally including but not limited to the loan origination fee, title examination. And insurance survey attorneys fees we don't have attorneys fee here this is a state where we don't need attorneys to uh, for a buyer to purchase a house and the real estate agent or the realtor writes up the contract uh, and that's allowed in the state of Virginia back in New York you would present an offer to a seller and once the seller accepts an attorney would write up the contract but we don't have that here okay you could use your attorney for the transaction but it's it's not mandatory okay and prepaid items such as escrow deposits for taxes and insurance okay 
So that's a tricky one. A lot of people uh, are not sure. What are these prepaid items? So, for instance, uh, if, uh, okay, we're going into May. We, we usually get billed again from July to uh, December for taxes. So let's say you're the person who is selling the house has already paid to the end of the year for their taxes. Well, once you take ownership of, of, the, of the house, uh, they have to be reimbursed for that. I mean, they're not going to be a super nice guy and saying, well, now you own the house, but I paid your taxes for you. Well, that's a prepaid item, and they have to be reimbursed for that. Okay. Same thing with insurance. If they're paid up for the year with their house insurance, um, they would have to be reimbursed for that. If you're buying a house in a homeowners association and the seller has paid their dues up for the year, they would have to be reimbursed for that. So these are these prepaid items. So then what, what you know, what are these calls of course? What are they going to cost me? So it says, for example, closing costs, which make up about 2 to 5% of the home's purchase price, are a major added expense. Lenders will provide a closing disclosure at least three business days prior to closing on the mortgage. But buyers will need uh, to budget for these added costs ahead of time to avoid sticker shock before the closing. Now, I added this down here. We'll just dump down here, jump down here. The rule of thumb for closing costs. If it's a house, let's say it's from two fifty, or I'll go down to two hundred thousand to about four fifty, you could use an estimate of three percent. If you have homes that are one hundred fifty and lower, okay, you have to give an, uh, an estimate of four to four and a half percent for closing costs. Or the phone of the purchase price, and the reason why because the the price of the house is lower, but there are some of these expenses that stay the same. They don't really change with a with a cheaper house. So um, the three uh, percent wouldn't cover it on one hundred fifty. So if the house is one fifty lower, look to four to four and a half percent for your closing costs. More so four and a half, just to play it safe. All right. We'll come back to these other closing costs uh, once we finish this. The other thing I want to say, uh, prior to the seller's market, would be able to get your the seller to pay the buyer's closing costs, this, this 3%. Um, not so much now. Not in this type of market. Be prepared to pay uh, your own closing costs. We call it seller concessions. So we ask the seller concession of 3% of the purchase price to go to the buyer's closing costs. But in today, today's market, that's really tough. It's really tough to do. Okay? There are ways of working around that if you don't have the money. So let's say the house is, to make it simple, $100,000, you think the closing cost, let's say, would be 4%, so $4,000, okay? 
what you could do is actually through the bank, you, it, it's shown uh, that uh, you purchased the house at $104,000, but the actual purchase price is $100,000. So there's an extra 4000 and that could go to the seller. Well, it could go to, I'm sorry, to the buyer for their closing cost. Okay. But the thing is, is that the house has to appraise at that higher amount. So you have a, a contract at $100,000, but you're going to see if it's worth up to uh, $104,000 to get a loan out for that and give the $4,000 for your closing cost. So there are ways to work with it, but you got that stipulation there that the house has to appraise at that higher amount. Okay. So what this one article uh, does not have uh, is the other other costs. So once you purchase the home, uh, we or I should say once you have a ratified contract, we always always recommend to uh, do a home inspection. Even if you're not going to ask for repairs, um, because of of this market that we're having right now, sales market. But make sure that you're not buying a real lemon. That all of a sudden, uh, you know, five months from now, you have to buy a new HVAC system that costs twenty thousand dollars. Okay. Or you find out that the uh, the roof is so so bad that once it starts raining hard, uh, the water will stop pouring down. Okay. So get the home inspection. The home inspector will tell you the lifetime of the roof, of the HVAC system. Um, and this way you'll have a gigantic cost right away when you purchase your home. So get that appraisal fee. Okay. It's just an expense that you have. Uh, there's no way you could get it back, but it's for peace of mind. And the other fee you will get, and sometimes the Banks will ask that up front is the appraisal fee. So when the appraiser goes out there, wants to make sure that that house is worth $100,000 and not $80,000. And that will cost between $450 to $500. Okay? So that's your cost that you have as you're purchasing your home. Your down payment, your earnest money deposit. Okay? Your closing cost, and then what I added, um, your home inspection and appraisal fee. Okay? All righty then. So let me go back to me here. And um, remember that I have... Uh, let's see. I, I want to get the uh, my spring buyer and seller's guide on my blog. You go to real estate with Mr. G. Blog, and you click on you could either type this in wholly, completely, or once you go to my blog, you are on the top menu and you click resource materials, and you will then see. And let me make sure I still have it up here. You have the 
things to consider when selling your house the spring 2022 edition and you could download that for free and you could also download things to consider when buying a home spring edition 2022 edition okay and we update these four times a year for each season isn't that nice okay all right now of course let me show my little film on um my little video uh because uh, we really still need listings okay that's very important let me just show a little video on that So for sellers, it's a great, great market. And we're getting into, well, we're we're in spring now, but now we're getting into the real spring buying season. So if you uh, were thinking about putting your house on the market, the, the time is now, okay? And I wouldn't wait because, um, yeah, home prices may still go up. But what's going to happen is that definitely the mortgage rates are going up. So you're going to have, you know, you, you might get, a, you, know, you might be able to price your house higher, but there's going to be a smaller pool of people that uh, would be interested or could afford your house. Let's put it that way. So um, it's a great time now to list your property. And again, um, I am uh, a, uh, an associate broker for EXP Realty in Hampton, Virginia. Okay. And uh, uh, you see all my uh, contact information. Now, uh, I also upload this as a podcast. So those who want to contact me, you just go to my email address is chris at realestatewithmrg.com. So that's chris at R-E-A-L-E-S-T-A-T-E. W-I-T-H-M-R-G.com. One big, long word. Okay? So I'm hearing from my uh, producer, William Burgess, that we have a famous act in the audience. Uh, what's going on with that? It's Chris. We have a couple of special guest celebrities in the audience. They are Mr. and Mrs. Corden. After years of ordering his wife about the house and keeping her in short order by using a cat o nine tails, he decided to capitalize this talent and whipped his wife on the Ed Sullivan Show. Tonight they will demonstrate their act in our auditorium. A special note to add, the act was updated to respect current societal norms. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cordons.
a lot of people in the audience, you know, were a little scared with that, but uh, she is safe and uh, that's all well. Okay. Um, I have a very busy week. Um, my uh, father had passed away at 90, 98 years old, a World War II vet. Uh, I think I'm getting a little <laughs> feedback. And uh, he lived a long, good uh, life, loving man, wonderful man. And this week is his funeral, and I have a lot of people coming in, so I'm not so sure if I will have time for uh, an Easter broadcast. If I don't do it Sunday, I might do it Monday. But via social media, I will let you know, okay? And um, again, if you haven't been vaccinated, please do so. Um, Be kind to each other. And it's Holy Week coming up. Uh, be kind to each other and uh, remember uh, the greatest power we have is to love and the greatest gift, each other. I'll see you soon and uh, happy Easter if I'm not on next Saturday.